da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Well, it is the holiday season here in the States and all around the world. And that means it's the holiday season here on the Mad About Movies podcast. Yes, it's time. Maybe the first time ever we've done some holiday throwbacks, guys. Holiday. Yeah, you're right. Christmas with the cramps all up in this. It's the cranks, guys. (laughs) Get it right. Show some respect for... All right. Four Christmases all up in this. Four Christmases, yeah. There are a lot of Christmas movies and a lot to choose from, a lot a lot to talk about. A lot of good ones. A lot movies. of good Christmas movies. We might have to do a very Christmas movies episode. I think we've had the conversation in the past before at some point in time, just mm-hmm. kind of in passing what, what Christmas movies we enjoy and everything. But this is an opportunity this evening, fellas. To dive deep, deep down into the depths of the Home Alone mythos, because mm-hmm. apparently this goes way Finally. deeper than I knew about. Uh, Home Alone <laughs> has got a lot of fans and a lot of um, yeah. diehards, and so I'm excited to talk about it. I've always liked Home Alone, and I think we all have and mentioned it on the show at one point in time, but I think it's deserving of an episode, and Home Alone, yes, and also, guys, Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. And Home Alone 4, um, I assume. Is that the one with French Stewart? No, that's 3, I think. Sure? I think it's 4. I think 3. Oh, yeah. 3 was just two random actors as the uh, Roberts. (laughs) And it had the kid from um, Jerry Maguire, didn't it? No, it was a different Uh, kid. No, Stuart Little. Yeah, different kid. No, that's the same kid. Oh. But, yeah, Stuart Little had the kid from Jerry Maguire. Home Alone 3 has the kid from Liar There's only like Liar, two kid actors in the 90s, guys. I'm sorry. And Jake <laughs> but Lloyd. But it's got Sarjo in the awkward phase, which is a greatness. She's the, like, awkward older sister that nobody oh, yeah, likes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that lasted. She, she blossoms. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the, uh, the bad guy. There's four crooks in Home Alone 3, and they're played by the, um, the superstar Oleg Krupa, mm-hmm. um, Raya Kilstead, yes. yep. Lenny Von Dolan, and David Thornton. And obviously, two of those are on our Mount Rushmore favorite actors. But <laughs> yeah, all Eastern European treasures. <laughs> yeah, all they're on the list. Yeah, the, the small <laughs> list that it <laughs> is, they're on there. That's who. The ETs. Yeah, it was the kid Eastern European treasures. A small wing, yeah. but still there. You know, still former Soviet bloc treasures, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But a lot of Home Alone to talk tonight, but a lot of other stuff to talk tonight. So let's dive in, guys, to movie news, rumors, rumblings, shall we? Movie news, yes, rumors and rumblings. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. So in the movie news department, mm-hmm, I think tonight so much. should probably be most consumed by trailer talk, guys. It's been a while. It's been a while since trailer talk has consumed our lives, and maybe we haven't had trailer talk since uh, all three of us were on the show. I think the last time we did, maybe two of us were here, or vice versa. Um, two of us weren't. So, um, summer movie season 2017 is on the horizon already. Believe it or not. And so the stuff can't wait. Can't so, get here fast enough. <laughs> well, with the with the trailers we're talking tonight, it really can't. 
Um, it it is actually, eh, we'll talk about that here in a second. But it uh, the ones we're talking about again, they're they're starting to roll out the summer blockbuster type trailers. We're gonna start to see them during Super Bowl and holiday season and things like that. Uh, and so that's kind of the season that we're being promoted as summer 2017 at this current time and maybe some Oscar stuff sprinkled in here and there a little late minute for your consideration, if you will. So as far as I guess the three biggest ones we'll go over. Okay. Um, and I, we're just going to talk about the mummy three times, right? The mummy, the mummy and the mummy. Okay. And of course the mummy. (laughs) Yeah. Good. So we will talk. Yeah. Okay, the first one, yeah, I did have the mummy circled, so that's a good place to start. Um, I'm kind of, I'll say, I'm, I'm on board with six trillion percent in. With <laughs> I'm on board with a lot of things. I'm on board with first of all, re- Universal like rebooting their old monsters and everything. I think that's yep. going to be really cool and fun and different. Like first they're doing, the, they'll do the mummy. Four different ones. I think it is Johnny Depp for the Invisible Man, and and every I'm other sure, part, and every other monster that they can think mm-hmm. to make him mm. and i'm assuming they'll do frankenstein and dracula and bride of frankenstein and i mean this could be cool i mean it's just something that you would have thought they would have done 30 years ago 20 years ago right. mm-hmm. i mean those yeah. movies i feel like were made in the 40s 30s maybe earlier yeah. like the, the very roots of universal studios so mm-hmm. um i mean i'm interested to see what they do here and Starting things off, I guess, with the mummy. Of course, I guess a lot of people thought this was like a Brendan Fraser reboot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that time, the trailer did a whole lot to dissuade shut people your from mouth. feeling that. Like, I mean, it looks good. I'm just saying it. It does look more like a Brendan Fraser uh, mummy than a Universal's classic monster movie mummy. I think so, but I I think it's... it grounds it in realism, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Uh, it didn't. It wasn't set in Egypt or anything like that. Like, I mean, it just right. didn't feel like. I mean, you wouldn't have known it was a mummy movie until, I guess, uh, the end. You know, when it says the mummy, you're like, what? What could this be? Um, could this be a superhero movie of some kind? Or you know what I mean? It just didn't have that feel at all. Like they were just uh, trying to remake that movie. But I'm assuming they're going to go for something completely new and different. I mean, I. I I hope the Scorpion King shows up at some point, but <laughs> my gosh, Rock versus can't hold Cruz. Out hopes or oh, setting man. up WrestleMania 35, Rock v Cruz. Imagine how hard Tom Cruise would train to be in WrestleMania. Like he would, he definitely doesn't get that it's a bit right. Like he's just like, I got this is my new job. I've got to figure out how to beat the Rock. Yeah, you can throw me through that. Yeah, yeah no, totally yeah, go fine. ahead. Yeah. Light those tables on fire and throw me through them. No, he he knows David David Miscavige is watching, so he has to go hundred and ten percent at all times to risk certain certain death. But <laughs> but Tom Cruise again, love the guy. I mean, like you said, he'll do anything for us, the fan. I guess he'll throw himself yes. off. He'll hang out airplanes, throw himself off yeah. buildings, get he hit by car. Just wants us to love him. That's just all wants want. everyone to universally love him. <laughs> and Universal is proud that he's like that because they'll throw yep. him in anything. Um, so I'm on board for Tom Cruise in this. And again, I'm going to see where this goes. And maybe they tease some other monsters at the end of this kind of thing, start building their monster universe over there. But it's an intriguing kind of startup. It kind of reminds me of what Legendary and 
I guess Warner Brothers are doing with Pac-Rim, and they're going to do with King Kong and Godzilla and the old school yeah. monsters on that yeah. side. So I'm I'm in Gareth Edwards and that whole thing that's been brewing over there with how they're rebooting that. So I'm excited to see where they do that, what they do with that, and also with these Universal monsters. So, you know, for a change, kind of some franchises and, you know, uh, I guess tentpole things brewing that we're not completely 100% out on, which has mm-hmm. been sure. the trend other That's than nice. Marvel, yeah. other than the Marvel <laughs> not, Star Wars news. You know? I'm also not 100% sure he's not Ethan Hunt in this because, I mean, it is a plane. Like, yeah. It might just bring it all okay. together. It's fine. I'm I'm on board for that. What are y'all's thoughts on the the mummy trailer, Brian? I think it's a good trailer. Um, I like I said, I I don't know that it's gonna help keep people from being confused as to which mummy this is. But uh, you know, I like uh, what's the girl's name from uh, oh, what's that dumb movie that we that I hated? Which uh, dumb movie that we hated? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> There's only been a few this year, gosh. maybe three or four uh, from this year. I'm an idiot. No, Sophia Batella. Yeah, Sophia Batella. She was the uh, girl in um uh gosh, I sound like an idiot. In the Kingsman. Are. Good gracious. You are an idiot. Uh, oh yeah. We liked that interesting. Movie, so that, we yeah. didn't know. I didn't like it, but I like I, I liked her. I thought she was pretty good in it. So that's an interesting take. She was, um, uh, she was the white creature thing in uh Star Trek too, right? With like the face. Oh face. yeah, you're right. You're right. Totally. I like the Kingsman. Good. Man, good I'm call. excited for that good. sequel. Yeah. I think Bill Murray's involved in the sequel, is he not? Something like that. He was also in Ghostbusters, so you know that's pretty hit or miss. Um, no, I think it's a good trailer. I think he traded all that in for that Cubs World Series. <laughs> it's right. It's fine. He's, it's it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what movies he does. He's still Bill freaking Murray. Um, like I, I like I love Tom Cruise. We are we might be the official podcast of Tom Cruise at this point. Um, we'll probably get him on. Yeah, he really wants us to like him. We could just tell him, like, hey, we might not like you. We're kind of on the fence. We're open to it. Yeah, we're open to liking you, but you just got to convince us. Um, No, I like everybody that's involved with the movie. I think it's a good idea. I'm, you know, I don't know that these are going to turn out as well as we're hoping they do. Obviously, we we can't see the future, but it's, to me, it's like kind of a no-brainer in a, in today's Hollywood society, like the way that we remake every movie. If the movie's been out for four years, then it's prime for a redo, you know? It's, like you said, Ken, it's kind of amazing that we haven't truly revisited this whole line um, for, I don't know, 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 years. And every, I mean, one every of once Mummy's in a while we've had made, one. Yeah, yeah, Mummy movies made huge money. Yeah. There was that Wolfman movie like three or four years ago with Del Toro and, and Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Um, That's a good effect. Didn't go over well. Van Helsing is terrible. Like, we've yeah, got to stop is. with Van Helsing. They tried, to, they tried to reboot Van Helsing a couple times with Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. I still think, like, that... I, I maintain that everything about Van Helsing was right, except for the script. Like, I think if you remade Van Helsing five more times with Hugh Jackman, I've made this point before, I feel like it was the right choice to do it. It was just executed poorly. Yeah. One or five times, that ends up really good. It's probably the worst time in movie history to yeah. make that movie too. Like 2004 was a pretty bad year for movie. And just that whole era, the look of movies during that time and kind of like a, almost like a post matrix world, I guess it's just, it's hideous. It looks, ter- it looked terrible at the time and it looks even worse. Like two years later, you're like, Oh, every movie from that era looks really awful. So it doesn't the hold King up well. Is in a, addition. Scorpion King the maker is of, of the worst Cobra, effect. 
Oh yeah. Oh yes. Scorpion King's pretty brutal. Yeah. The Rock and oh, oh, I felt bad for the even the Rock, which I never do. Yeah. But, but it made it made the Rock a movie star, so you it know. did. Yeah, but like that. you said, Richard, just now, the G.I. Joe franchise kind of kept that look going forward. Like, we're going to just keep that going. We really like that 2004 Gosh. to 2005 in action movies. We're going to keep that alive mm. and well. But Steven Summers, baby. That's how that he kinda, rolls. That Rise of the Silver Surfer look. That's what you want in your, <laughs> your superhero movies in 2016, yeah. right? Oh, they're still making Scorpion King movies, by the way. There was one out last oh, yeah. year. Yeah. Scorpion King 4. Yeah, straight oh, to DVD. I've seen them on yeah, Redbox. They star Lou Ferrigno. Oh, okay. Well, and now you know uh, they're great. And uh, Viggo Mortensen. Uh, big Country. Oh, Roy, Big Country Nelson. I honestly thought it was Bryant, Big Country. Oh, Reason. man. I was, really I was almost really excited for a second there. It's too bad. Big Country yeah. Nelson's a uh, UFC fighter, it was. Oh, okay. I think there you go. it's the same Big Country I'm thinking of. Yeah. All right. interesting. Big country Brian Reeves, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I used to break those backboards for the Vancouver Grizzlies <laughs> like no other. So look forward to our Scorpion King franchise retrospective episode coming out <laughs> in just a few weeks. That'll get a lot of downloads, I'm sure, and a lot of interest. Keep putting it off, yeah. You know. Um those were fine for a time. You know, I liked the mummy, the original mummy when it came out. I was in high school, I think. Uh it was fine. Brendan Fraser was the guy for a couple of years, you that know, that was such a weird time. The Chris Pratt of his time. I mean, honestly, yeah. he was likable. Everyone, he was funny. He could do dramas. He was, you know, he was in everything. And then he just kind of stopped doing anything or, you know, fell off. He just the, got the scene. so weird looking. Remember how jacked mm-hmm. he was in Tarzan? And then he just got like so Canadian looking and pasty and weird. Tarzan or George of the Jungle? George of the George Jungle. Of the jungle bro. Sorry. Come on. They're yeah. the same. How dare you? That's the exact same. You're right. <laughs> I bet I rented George of the Jungle mm, every month whenever oh. that was out at Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. Jungle. I saw it at least 10 times as a kid. Yeah. Really? I was more of a Jungle 2 Jungle guy. <laughs> yeah. My 90s Jungle. Uh, well, he cut because they get out of the jungle pretty quick in that one, and that yeah. that's better for and, you. Since you know, Martin Short. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> okay, question for you: Better mm. Brendan Fraser cartoon <laughs> live action reboot? Doors <laughs> of the Jungle. I know where yeah, you're it's going. Already, it's already definitely right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, already there. Oh man, was he in Rocky and Bullwinkle too? I know no, De Niro like, was. Jason Alexander was. Jason De Niro. Yeah, you're right. That was a good idea. I remember being excited for that when I saw the trailer and then, uh, you know, really, really, yeah. really into rethinking some things. I loved Rocky and Bullwinkle growing up. But yeah, me too. It was from the 60s or whatever, so probably not. 2000s probably past its prime, I would just guess. I don't know. Maybe. We're, right. Russo, We're on a too. weird, like... Oh, Randy order. Quaid's in, uh, in Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yep, you're right. So, you know, it's good. Government's still trying to get some of that they're uh, 10% oh, of that. Okay, okay, okay. We've got it. Hold on. We've got to go through the cast of Rocky Keenan and, and Kel, by the way. Okay. Renee Russo. Uh-huh. All right. Jason Alexander. Is he an American treasure? Have you, have we put him through? I don't, I don't think so. Yet. Not yet. Okay. All right. Okay. He, yeah. Uh, future American treasure, Piper Piraboo, obviously. <laughs> um, the aforementioned Randy Quaid, Bob De Niro. Then we go down the list here. American treasure, Carl, Carl Reiner. Uh-huh. American Treasure John Goodman. And Arguable. 
Jonathan yeah. Winters could be. Jonathan American. Winters, yeah. And future American treasure, David Allen Greer. Oh, oh. Dag. Oh, Dag. Dag. Dag's in everything, too. <laughs> and John and John Goodman, bless his heart, oh, yeah. he was like, He'll yeah, anything. I just did two Flintstones movies. I'm good. I'll, <laughs> I'll do another more cartoon. You know, like, he was on a, he was untouchable for a time, too. The post-Roseanne, pre-Monsters, Inc. era was pretty rough for John Goodman. Let's be honest. Yeah. Actually, hey, by the I way, only think he did one Flintstones movie. I don't want to put the other people watching. <laughs> yeah, the other Vegas one was on the was the knockoff guy. Yeah. I think yeah, it's I think it was one of the Blue Sheets or something. Thrones. Yeah, uh, I think it was a Baldwin. No, or it was uh, the guy. The guy they got to replace Rick Moranis was Stephen Baldwin or <laughs> yeah, Billy yeah Baldwin. It, was it was a Baldwin. One of those one of those B team Baldwins. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I, I'll talk about this later more. But I'm I just finished the uh, that Daily Show oral history and. Uh, one of the cho- the second choice if they couldn't get John Stewart after Greg Kilborn was Dag. Oh, oh man! Story of Dag's oh, life. <laughs> oh poor guy! Just one break somewhere oh, yeah. along the way. Oh, I'm gonna... It's gonna happen. We'll root for him long enough. Yeah, yeah. Someone will, that matters will listen to this and give Dag another shot. I'm Maybe gonna... no the best. Yeah, you're right. I'm gonna put this out there just now, listeners. The numbers and the uh, statistics prove that. Somebody out there who listens is connected to Dag in some way. Get him on the show. <laughs> we need to talk to him. And we're his biggest fans. And we want to actually induct him into the American Treasure Hall of Fame right here on the show live. So if we can make that happen some way, somehow, call your friends. Six degrees of separation. Let's make this thing work, guys. And uh, let's do it for Dag, guys. Hashtag do it for Dag. Okay. So the next trailer we're going to talk is I'm excited about. Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. Volume Two. Boom. I guess that's all that needs to be said. Um, <laughs> honestly, what you got? I guess this is the first full-length trailer we've gotten. We got a teaser trailer before. We were mm-hmm. all down on board, but again, more teasery. This is the full-length thing. And guys, from the looks of things, it looks like we're getting Baby Groot at least for the majority of this movie. And that's exciting. I guess fun. Something new, something different yeah. from the original Guardians. Looks Rocket and uh, Groot look to be back and better than ever. And when are they going to spin them off into their own thing? Right? Surely it's coming. Right? Like that's got to be in the, in the plans. Rocket somewhere. and Groot will do huge. Just those maybe two. a cartoon series or something. I don't know. Just that's that they have should their own comic be series. pretty easy. It's money. really good. Yeah. Um, but it's easy. Bradley Cooper and just the Groot character. I mean, that would be big. I think that would be big. And then kind of have the other Guardians kind of uh, cameo and things. I'm sure that's mm-hmm. going to happen, actually. Just wait. People are listening to this in 2022 like, <laughs> that already happened like 10 Maybe times. We can, Fast we can cast, and we'll put it out there, too. They should cast Dag as the villain. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Love do it it. for Dag. We... Well, remember, remember um, when they added um, Myra or whatever to uh, Pinky and the Brain? It's like Pinky in the Brain, and then like, oh, this redheaded girl. It could yes, just be Rocket, yeah. Groot, and Dag. And he plays himself, but he's in yeah. space. Right. He's been abducted into space, and everything's <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm down. Who wouldn't want to see that? I mean, raise your hand if you would, would not <laughs> pay to see a Rocket, Groot, and Dag movie. There's not a person out there with their hand down right now. Okay. I think it looks good. Um, I'm completely on board with Guardians, and I have been since... They first announced it, which I think we talked about the first episode of the show or something like that. Like those, that's kind of the first movie 
news rumors rumblings we talked was the casting and all that of the original Guardians. So mm-hmm. um, this is exciting to see this come to fruition. And man, it's kind of like it just. It's like everything I thought this franchise could be, you know, just like James Gunn has totally just owned it with these these characters and this. You know what I mean? Like I remember saying sure. in those first episodes, like, man, a tree that only says I am Groot and a raccoon with a machine gun could work. Like I'm telling you, it could work <laughs> if you could do it, if you can do it right. You know, it could be huge. And uh, it was a hard sell. But man, did they nail it that first time. And I'm, I think. This is the most anticipated Marvel movie, not the Avengers, not uh, <laughs> Infinity War, you know, that thing. Um, maybe Deadpool 2 in this, maybe the most anticipated, but I mm. think uh, the buzz is out there. What do you guys think? The yeah. great trailer. Yeah. It, it looks like more of the same, and I mean that as a compliment. Like, it, mm-hmm. it looks exactly like the first one tonally, which is great. I mean, that, obviously that tone worked perfectly, so. Yeah. Be dumb, no, but it, it looks like they filmed at the same time almost. Like it's just a extension of the first, which is bodes very well. Yeah, Brian, any thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. It's a that's a very good trailer. If you're wondering how to cut a trailer, uh, that's that's how you do it. Like it, it, it doesn't give anything away, but it gives you just kind of these like drop in moments where you're getting a little, you're getting a sense of the tone, you're getting the laughs, you're getting uh, you know, kind of just a general overall okay, this is kind of how, this is where we're going to go, and that's all you really need, especially for a second movie in a series. Like, if we don't get another trailer for Guardians, and I know we'll get 14 between now and summer 2017, but if we didn't get another trailer, we'd all be good with that, right? Like, we're all very excited about what right. we just saw on screen. Sad note, they actually wanted David Bowie to be in Guardians 2, and they never made it work. Mm. So, Well, they could we'll replace him with another it. David. Alan Greer. <laughs> I thought you were going to go do company. But then I was like, wait, did he mean Dermot Mulroney or Dylan I McDermott? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, yeah. But we got to think you meant Dermot Mulroney. I did. Mm. They all I, fit. I always really. do. Yeah. <laughs> I always do. I always mean Dermot Mulroney. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know I never mean Dylan McDermott. Yeah. <laughs> As good. I'm Hold on, I think. Let me let me consult the tattoo on my forearm. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. Oh, good grief! Just um, a quick candy chart on the yeah, forearm. It's like the Tom Brady quarterback chart, yeah. <laughs> but tattooed permanently. Just small profile <laughs> pictures of all three of them. Wow! Oh, I love that. It. Would be an hilarious tattoo if you actually committed to that bit. Free idea for everybody. Yeah. Pictures of Dylan McDermott and Dylan Maroney with their names underneath them <laughs> that you can consult on your forearm at any time. <laughs> Because that comes have, up like four or yeah. five times a year. If you get that tattoo, send us a picture and we'll send you a t-shirt. That's <laughs> definitely worth it. Oh, yes. man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So funny, <laughs> the uh, poster for Guardians 2. It's, it's <laughs> so... Right back to it. <laughs> it's a so... You're a pro, Kent. You gotta, gotta <laughs> keep the train moving. Yeah. It looks like a like band promo shot or something. With them yeah. all like black and white leaned up against the wall. I mean, it looks awesome. I mean, it's iconic already. But it's funny. The first Guardians trailer, I remember it said, Guardians of the Galaxy, you're welcome. Uh, underneath <laughs> it, this one says, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, obviously. <laughs> I, I love the confidence Works. over yeah. there. Yeah, right. the voice you know? of their marketing is great. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, they have to embrace it. Back. But 
Man, so excited for this. And the trailer, again, going to let you down. I guess, do we know the first song on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Is it Fox on the Run by Sweet? Yeah? Sure. In the trailer? Yeah, sounds good, good to me. No, it's actually yeah. What Does the Fox Say? I know, it's pretty disappointing. <laughs> oh, they go a whole different route. Yeah, it's yeah. the soundtrack. By Elvis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really aggressively bad. It's what a, a weird song. moment in time that was. Better, Gosh. Hey, better YouTube band. Elvis or Die Antwoord? Oh, <laughs> man. Is yeah. Chappie involved with this YouTube version of Die Because <laughs> that could be the I think Elvis wins. I would go see okay. Elvis in concert 20 times before I'd see Die Antwoord again. There's a 0% chance that I can make it through an entire Diane oh, Edwards. I had to. Oh, I was in Austin City Limits and waiting for Radiohead, and guess who was on the stage opposite them? Diane Word. And I'm just standing there waiting for Radiohead <laughs> silently, Gosh. and just in the back of my mind. Or bow, behind, bow, 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 if I turned my head, I, I could have watched them, but the, the uh, yeah. audible assault was enough to. <laughs> oh, man. Should have just ninja out of there. I did uh, <laughs> everyone around me. Speaking of El- Elvis, uh, one of my favorite memories, uh, one of my friends, John Mark, big shout out to John Mark, uh, who doesn't listen to the show. Yeah. But anyway, one time we went to a Mavericks game together and the Dallas Mavericks, the local basketball. After Spurs. It was when he was still a Mavericks fan. Oh, okay. Cool. He was a traitor. And mm-hmm. uh, they were they did a parody on the scoreboard of that. What does the Fox say with like all the Mavs players and uh, John Mark, he's like, not, he doesn't live in a cave or anything, but sometimes he misses pop culture moments. And he didn't know about that song or like that. It was a kind of meme in the zeitgeist. And so I, I was laughing so hard because he just didn't understand what they, if, if you don't know what they're parodying and yeah, then yeah. like Sean Mary comes on is like, what ding, does the ding, cow ding, say? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> just like, right. What is going on? I thought he was in this like half remembered nightmare. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Anyway, sidebar. That is funny. If you just never knew what Gangnam Style was and then saw like exactly. a exactly. <laughs> saw like a flash mob doing it, you're like what? What is happening? Yeah, he was so perplexed and like angry. Yeah, it's like what? What is this? So I had to like pull it up on my phone and show it to him. We have gone down some incredibly impressive wormholes this evening, guys. Already. What we do, folks? What we do. Merry Christmas to you all. That is, that is our forte. Um, no. So Speaking Guardians... of forte, let's do 20 minutes on MacGruber. Go. <laughs> I've already done that 50 times. All right. So that's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So the last trailer is The Last Night. Transformers, The Last Night, with a K in IGHT, like a knight as in knight in shining armor. Not Dark like night. night, like nighttime. Uh, unfortunately, I hope this is the last night I ever had to talk about Transformers, but <laughs> it's not. Not lucky enough, man. Thanks, not lucky enough for that. If um, yeah. if Age of Extinction is any indication of where oh, things are headed gosh. with this um series, then I'm I'm ready for the end. I'm, I'm <laughs> I keep trying to convince myself, like as a person who loves big dumb robots fighting. That, uh, yeah, the next one could be good, and then, you know, maybe after that, they'll make them good again. But that is yet to be the case with these. And They get worse every time. They just keep getting worse, and I tried to tell myself that, yeah, Darker the Moon was better. Yeah, Age of Extinction was 
better and nope. more in the right or uh, no nope. it's not Can't and do it. no. so you know i guess i think michael bay said this is the last one but he said that for the past three so yeah they got they got three more now dude oh yeah they're we're pretty getting, funny yeah we're getting a transformers movie uh june of 2017 june of 2018 and june of 2019 so oh, great get, get ready Are you, at least we have avatars to balance it out with though <laughs> right so it'll be too overwhelming. Okay. So the trailer. Again, looks to be more of the same. There's some Dinobots flying around, a lot of explosions. Mark Wahlberg is back, apparently, in the Thank same God. role as the famous noted Texas inventor <laughs> with the thick Texas accent and mm-hmm. obvious yep. Texas heritage. Yep. Not the at all. First thing I think of when I think right. of Mark Wahlberg. The first uh-huh. thing is like Waco. An inventor who's super jacked. That's never explained. Just really ripped and physically fit, but just great inventor and dad, too. A lot of dad time. Yeah. A lot of time to be a dad, too, when you're inventing all that stuff and getting that jacked. We, Tim yeah, trying to get on Shark Tank. Just Tim Jettison is super Tank. jacked. Noted Texas inventor. He is. Yeah. He painted a Vermeer also while with a bicep curl in one hand. It was impressive. There's a documentary on it, I think. Um... <laughs> So, the last night, again, looks to be more of the same. Um, Flaming Lips, what the heck are you doing letting your song be used like this in this <laughs> yeah, trailer? that was weird. I mean, what the crap? I mean, I'm sure it's straight cash homie approach, but same with Wahlberg and search. Michael Bay. This is straight cash homie for everybody involved, but you gotta kind of have some self-dignity, don't you? Michael Bay may need to change his name to just straight cash homie. <laughs> or just miserable, miserable straight. SMB. Cash, homie. <laughs> oh, okay. At least I know what I'm in for. Um, again, I've lost hope with this. Oh so, yeah. What about you? There Ryan? is no hope. No, look. What, these. What if Cruz these... got involved though? <laughs> okay, now we're talking. What if who? But like, as a robot, Tom Cruise, as a transformer. Yeah, is he a transformer. Okay. Tom now Cruise I'm... could save transformers. Now I'm back. Now I'm back. Um, can they do look, Transformers he's... v Pacific Rim <laughs> v Godzilla? V Godzilla. Yeah. V Batman. Gotta... V Superman. V mm, now it's a lawsuit. Watch out. <laughs> v Cruz. V McGruber. Not too far. V Dag. <laughs> v Dag. <laughs> All right. It what always comes think, back Brian? to the Dag. No, look, these movies are what they are. They're going to make a gajillion dollars, and we won't really understand it. I, I don't hate these movies in that. What? I th- look, I, I hate the movies when I watch them. I don't hate that they exist because it's like, to me, there has to be, at the very, very least, these movies know what they are. They're just making really dumb, huge, big-budget, ridiculous movies that are going to make, like, a billion dollars in China. Yeah, and, you're right. you know, it's fine. Like, that, that market it's is cynical, fine. It's cynical, but, like, I get it. Yes. If, if someone put a door in front of you that was like, there's a billion dollars behind there, you'd open the door, yeah, too. exactly, exactly. And if you like these movies, that's fine. But you also have to realize, you have to go, you, you, I feel like you have to acknowledge just as I'm acknowledging, like, these movies exist for a reason, and that's that's fine. If you like them, you also have to acknowledge that they're very bad movies. Very, very, very bad movies. And they've only gotten worse. I think Transformers is probably, like, a B-minus movie. It's easily yeah. the best and of it all is of them, the, It is easily the best of all those movies. Yeah, I like Age it of Extinction was an F. I mean, that's an awful, awful movie. But $1.2 billion. I believe so, I had it at F-minus-minus-minus. Brian, for the record, yeah. I did have <laughs> sure, it. Sure. F is a little generous. 
But it gets <laughs> in and gets out of the story. That's what you have to respect yeah, it's, about it's it. It's only over... three hours long. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, it's crazy that he's. I guess from Michael Bay's side of things, like it's crazy that he's allowed to do this and that he just keeps getting away with it. Um, but as long as you are, then why not cash that money in? You know, like I, I guess I don't fault anybody for doing these movies. I just, I wish that as a money yeah. for him. Like he yeah, pays exactly. for their entire yeah, totally. three totally. years of it. Yeah. I wish that as a world we would say, now we're good. But if the I guess what I'm saying, if these movies are gonna exist, I'm glad that they exist in Transformers and not like it makes me angry when the Batman movies are terrible or the DC universe movies are awful because those should be good. I don't really care if Transformers movies are good or bad. Just but some people do. I know, right? I know. Totally. Some people really yeah. like this franchise. I'm, I, I'm with Team yeah. yeah, me either. Well, I guess two out of the three I'm looking forward to this summer. <laughs> the Mummy and yeah. Guardians. Mm-hmm. So that's it for the summer for me. Those two. No, I don't know. Uh, that's all I've really seen. That's all I really know about. This Other movie than... definitely makes $100 million opening weekend, right? Like there's... Yeah, but it won't have legs here, but but it'll it'll yeah. make, like yeah. you said, $6 billion. At least America has kind of said enough on these. It makes me kind of proud. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, I look at my portrait of George Washington and I can look him in the eye. Yeah. But my portrait of Sherman now is right next to him. <laughs> it is, I can only look with it with shame. I think the last Transformers in America made $100 million its first weekend. Did it, it did. I just looked. Just right at 100. 100 and a little it over died, 100. It died pretty quickly. Like people 37 the next month. The yeah, next they, week, go, me, they go yeah. see it and then no one else does. Mm-hmm. But overseas, they just keep going. Yeah. Well, Dinobots, bro. We'll have to look forward to that then. And Mark Wahlberg is a movie star. Never, you always factor in the movie star factor when it sees. Yeah. Movie stars mean a lot more worldwide than they do here. Yep. After Ted 3, he's going to be the biggest movie star. <laughs> okay. So, let's move on. And let's talk Home Alone. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now... What the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. 
Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. All right. Well, it's actually a little bit surprising, guys, that we haven't done this episode in the past. I think it's been on the docket maybe ten times in past Freak holiday missing. seasons. But things like Star Wars get in the way, and we just don't get to them around Christmas time oftentimes. And I guess now is a good time while we're doing these throwbacks to talk um, Home Alone. Iconic movie, Home Alone. One of the, if not the biggest or highest grossing comedy of all time for a time mm-hmm. until the hangover, I believe. And oh good. <laughs> oh good. That's that's where we've how far we've come. The original hangover, which is fine. I think the others beat it out too, and that's not good. Yeah. It's never good. But kinda ruined it, yeah. Home Alone for me was a very special movie. I remember it vividly growing up. Uh, I remember it being a huge deal in my house and uh, amongst our social groups at school and things like that. Um, I think everybody kind of enjoyed it for different reasons. You know, the parents kind of enjoyed it because it reminded me of them, or of them, A, while their parents uh, struggling to be parents uh, at their current stage or when they were kids, or it's just a fun comedy. Uh, for me, being such a young boy at the time, I wanted to be Kevin McAllister. He was the coolest mm-hmm. kid ever, you know? He had the so BB is. he had the BB gun, he had the booby traps, he was, you know, funny. He uh could order his own pizza, you know, his whole he was like the kid. <laughs> he watched know? weird pulp films from the thirties. Right. He was eating ice <laughs> the first cream. Hipster. He was talking back to his older brother, you know, like he was the coolest the the he was the like Dennis the Menace growing up, you know, like the kid that every kid oh, no he didn't play Dennis the Menace. Um didn't he? he? Oh no, no he's Richie no. Rich. Yeah, Richie Rich. Yeah. Again uh just you know, contributing to the fact that Macaulay Culkin was the cool oh not only are you Kevin McAllister, well we're gonna make you the richest kid ever with a roller coaster <laughs> in your backyard. And uh, the good son. So <laughs> Yeah. Things went dark <laughs> for a period. Yeah. yeah, we all know. We all know. Uh, things uh, happen. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Anytime you're befriended by Michael Jackson, it can never be a good thing. <laughs> or were for a time. No, Macaulay, I'm sure he's a cool dude. Not even my favorite Colkin, but sure, he's a cool guy. <laughs> I've, always been, I've always been Team Kieran. And I Not even that. in the top three Colkins, so I don't know if you can... Rory and Kieran are both superior Colkins, <laughs> in my opinion. I mean... Just like decided. you're, uh, you've always been a summer Phoenix fan over both River and Joaquin. <laughs> yeah, I hate Joaquin. You know me. River, yeah, just for a time. I mean, no, just, I, I don't <laughs> want to bring that up. But no, Kevin McAllister was the coolest kid, and so that's that contributed to my fascination with the movie and all that. I never got a BB gun, probably because of this movie. But <laughs> always wanted one. But so for me, that's kind of where I come from. I always just really enjoyed this movie and it was so clever and funny and I didn't 
of course, know who John Hughes was when I was a kid. I was just like, why do I like this so much? And now I realize why I liked all those movies so much growing up. Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles and all those. Um, Ferris Bueller, because of him. Um, Uncle Buck. <laughs> of course. Um, it's just... It's just amazing. I mean, this is, it's such a simple idea, easy idea, fun idea. It's a kind of a messed up idea, but it's weird how well it works, you know? Like, just every rewatch, I'm like, how did this, how would this ever happen? You know, like, these are horrible people that this is occurring to. Like, why is Kevin trying to kill these guys? And it's just kind of, like, I don't think in 2016 this movie gets made at all, you know? Um, Oh, yeah. No way. No way. Yeah. It's it's a weird time we were in and a, you know, an appropriate time, I guess, because this movie holds up still very well mm. to this day. It's got everything you want, um, some extremely iconic, memorable scenes and touching scenes, and and you know the uh, the funny stuff, of course. And uh, it really does pack a punch in almost every area. So holds up, held up for me on this last rewatch. What about you guys? What about you, Brian? What, what's your uh, history with it? I guess first. Yeah, I was a little, I'm a little older than you guys, so I remember seeing this in theaters, and then we had a VHS copy of it that uh, I watched ad nauseum as a kid, Um, and I still, this is my, easily, not even close, my number one favorite Christmas movie of all time, and and even a movie that, like, I had on my my very long list of movies to to bring, to kind of pare down to my top ten when we did that episode. Um, what seems like 18 or 19 years ago. Um, I I love Home Alone. I rewatch it every single year. Um, I'm excited this year to be able to watch it with my kid and give him some bad ideas about uh, what to do to home intruders and such. But um, I, yes, you're 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 spot on, Kent. It holds up so well. None of the John Hughes movies get made in 2016, I don't think. Um, and this one's pretty high on that list. And I think the degree of difficulty on this one is higher than than the average John Hughes movie because it is it's really really hard to get a good performance out of a kid and especially to get a a good performance out of a kid that holds up for 25 plus years and you yeah. you go back and you watch and you're like I don't know how talented I, I I don't think any of us know if Macaulay Culkin would have been a talented actor as an adult um because you know, there's just too many things that cause that to well, not happen. Go back to our party monster episode to find <laughs> out. Sure, um, but I, I think two and, in and a half moment, hours on party monster. <laughs> just such a downer of an episode. No, uh, look, I think you you get a a sense of like this kid was extremely whether he tur- would have turned into a good uh, adult actor or not. I don't know, but as a kid, he's great, great actor. He plays the role so well, and then they surround him with, um, you know. North American treasure, Catherine O'Hara, North American treasure, John Candy, just yeah. fantastic surrounding cast. Uh, and then of course, Daniel Stern and, and Joe Pesci. Um, the concept, of course, as a kid, like I, you know, had daydreams about ways in which like, man, if somebody broke into this house, I tell you <laughs> what, like, here's how we take them down. You know, there's no doubt that, that it was a major player in my, just my your, daydream. Your parents life. would leave you at home alone. Yeah. Like, oh, for a what if I get that? Yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> that, that too, like number one, as I was seven when this movie came out and sharing a room with my younger brother in a small house, like the idea of being left alone for a couple of days was just paradise. And then, uh, you know, 
the an added incentive would have been uh terrorizing uh, a couple of home invaders i think so i love home alone one of my favorite movies of all time easily the number one christmas movie for me um and i'm i'm excited to to finally be able to to talk about it with you guys but uh richard what about you ben never seen it so no. um it's all brand new to me uh, <laughs> no i uh i uh I, I don't know if this is the first movie i saw in the, in the theater but it's the first one i remember seeing in the theater i think i was like four i guess i would have been four when it came out it came out in 90 right yeah yeah so i would have been four and uh yeah it's the first movie I, re- I remember seeing in the theater uh i remember even the theater that i saw it at which is no longer there because i'm, I'm dreadfully old but uh <laughs> it was a drive-in <laughs> it was first talking um <laughs> but yeah first talking <laughs> <laughs> it, we should it go was... back to calling them talkies that's better i'm still yeah, not yeah. convinced on this whole talkie thing guys i just don't <laughs> the you artist know, has changed some, me like, great, some of the best uh uh, so, like physical acting since the silent era in this movie. Oh, for uh, sure. And and so yeah, no, I love this movie. Uh, Kent and I used to always do bits on it in high school too. I mean, it's a movie I've seen. It, it is probably up there for the movie and movies. I'll count uh, Home Alone two in here as well. Um, that I've seen the most. And if you were to if you were to tally that up, I've seen both of those easily fifty times each. Um, so but yeah, that those two in Hostel. Are probably the movies I've seen the most. Um, <laughs> uh, Human Centipede. Yeah. <laughs> the sequel, though. I mean, yeah, that's where the plot really kicks off. <laughs> um, no, uh, but yeah, I love Home Alone. I love the world. I love the house. Yes. Um, there's something great about like early '90s, like uh, rich people in movies. The houses yes. are great. Yeah. Um, the location makes Chicago seem like the most like romantic place on the planet. Um, and great performances in the bad guys, great family, great kid. Everything's fantastic. So triple uh, A plus on this, but it's one of my favorites ever, but I'm looking to Kent and I've broken this down. We've got uh, a lot of thoughts on, on home loan in our, in our past. Uh, but the great thing, the one thing I'll add to this is, and we won't talk about Home Alone 2 very much. We'll, we'll, we'll mention it. We'll, we'll mention it as much as we can because we probably won't yeah. get to a Home Alone 2 episode. So include right. all those thoughts. So the best thing about uh, sequels is that they, you, know, you always feel like you have to up the ante. And if you watch these back-to-back, which I recommend you do this holiday season with your footy pajamas on by the fire, that, uh, and which is a, not too close because it's a, that's, a, that's a fire risk. But <laughs> that's the, a hazard. Uh, yep. It's a serious hazard. But if you if you watch it, the first one it really is most of the stuff he does to uh, Harry and Marv is is, is rather painful, but it, you know, cute. Um, puts a spider on their head, um, makes them step on race cars. You know, they fall down on some oil. The nail in the foot's pretty gruesome, but yeah, yeah. iron save to the face. No, save it. Yeah. We're gonna we have a definitive okay. ranking of the official yeah, we'll movie that. traps but, coming up. Yeah, but in the second movie, obviously they felt when he goes to New York, they had to up the ante, and everything he does to them would kill you instantly, and it's so funny. <laughs> It's the best sequelitis ever in movies because Home Alone Two is actually pretty good. Like it's a fun movie still, um, but it's so ridiculous that they would survive any of that. And the, in in Kevin has clearly developed uh, like homicidal tendencies uh, in the second movie, and it's it's wonderful. Plus Tim Curry. So right, man. I don't know. Home Alone is classic just because it's the original, and 
Maybe it was what started this thing, but I mean, there are some great bits in Home Alone 2. I agree. I'll I think Home Alone 2 is criminally underrated. I do too. The Sticky Bandits. It's funny. Uh, Stern is Stern is kind of next level in Home Alone 2 as well. <laughs> Rob Schneider. Especially, especially when they... Oh, Rob Schneider. Especially when they actually... You know, the uh, robberies or whatever is starting to take place. Like, Daniel Stern just turns it on to 25 on a scale of 1 to 10 on that movie. That was, like, after Home Alone, maybe, like, pre-Rookie of the Year, just when yeah, he was mid just... Mid-Bushwhack. Yeah, like, mid-Bushwhack. <laughs> and the, it, the complete, like, pinnacle of what he was doing, you know, was maybe in these couple months, like, while they were shooting this. So, um Peak that's Stern. always exciting. To, yeah, Peak Stern during this time. So that's always exciting to rewatch. And man, <laughs> earlier tonight, just watching some of these bits, Stern. I, I I feel like I find a new one every time I watch it. Like something new that I'm just like on the floor laughing at. Like uh, it laughed that hard in this last time. Um, or spoiler alert, by the way, for all these. Um, it's <laughs> for been like thirty years, years ago, or whatever. Yeah. Um, when. <laughs> In Home Alone 1, when they're uh, robbing, or they go to the McAllister house for the first time, when they're going to rob it, okay? Um, Kevin McAllister has sneakily covered the stairs in ice, because he knows you got to go down the stairs to get in the house. Covers the stairs in water, they ice over, and (laughs) And Stern goes down the stairs, slips and falls on the concrete, (laughs) and says, he goes, Ow! <laughs> He's actually yeah, yeah. like kind of surprised ah, how yeah, much that yeah. hurt. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like, it's like <laughs> shockingly, hurt. like, like I knew that was gonna hurt, but not that bad. But he just yeah. does it, and the way he s- delivers that line is just so peak. Um, I just like burst into laughter at the last <laughs> reviewing of that line, <laughs> and and <laughs> I can't even say it. Oh, this next line when when uh. Like towards the end of that scene, Kevin kind of escapes, and they're they're like searching for him, and they, <laughs> Kevin goes down the zip line, and he, and, and he's and Stern, they're like, "Where'd he go? Where'd he go?" And Stern goes, <laughs> sticks his head out the window, and goes, "Maybe he committed suicide." <laughs> Yeah, so dark. It's like such a dark comment. (laughs) This kid's home alone by himself. His family left him. Maybe he just offed himself. But he says it. He says it in like a joyful manner. Like what a relief. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so horrible. Like I couldn't stop laughing at it. (laughs) Ken loves Daniel Stern so much. I think he's your favorite comedian right now. It's so funny. You have great taste. Oh man! <laughs> we get so few glimpses of the Kent giggle. That's like my favorite thing. Ever. Oh, oh, Stern just kills me, man. Uh, Brigma and that just any day. <laughs> Ooh, not to mention there's some other Stern stuff in Home Alone too. Um, it's the sound of a tool chest coming down the stairs. <laughs> um, great stuff, but man, oh, just those. The last two parts, and I mean, this last time, I just, the Stern was on an all-time high on this last rewatch, just. Pesci is the perfect foil for him, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what, a, is there any They're more just of, so like, good a together. iconic, like, you could draw their silhouettes and know who those two guys were, you know? Yeah. Easily, <laughs> more than maybe any other two characters in movies. Like, that's really kind of amazing, you know, that John Hughes has done that with, uh, 
those two guys. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect combo. And like we said, I think, I think it's that Joe Pesci, this whole movie is just him like, Oh, just do what you did in Goodfellas, but don't say any of the cuss words. Just yeah, but think about them all. <laughs> think about them all. And uh, it's the PG Joe Pesci or the G Joe Pesci, whatever this movie was rated back in the day. But uh, any other standout funny scenes from Home Alone? I could go on all day. I could break this down uh, scene by scene. The one that's gotten that's my favorite as an adult, which was funny as a kid, but it's so much funnier as an adult. And especially when you read about it and realize it was improv, mm-hmm, was when yeah. John Candy is in the U-Haul with uh, Catherine O'Hara, and he's telling her the story about leaving his kid at the at the um, funeral home. Yeah, and yes, that's... they left him there for like a day, and he's like, you know, but kids are resilient. He came around, you know, a couple more weeks, you know, he came yeah. around, started talking again, and just like so throws that toss to the side, and they cut so from her a... face. Oh. Yeah, they cut right then, which you know, because you know she busted out. Yeah. <laughs> right, uh, one one take, man, one take on an on an improv bit. That's that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Seriously. Yeah, I think it's it's such a great piece of two great comedic actors, and the way he delivers that line is just he was just such a towering great actor. Uh, like you watch that in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and you realize, yeah. I mean, he was an incredible. I mean, he's every bit as good as John Goodman, and I think John Goodman. Incredible, you know. I think those two are. Uh, it would have been awesome to see them do something together. Yeah. Later in life, it's a it's a real tragedy that we lost uh, Candy so young. But uh, gosh, he he killed. First of all, how many fail safes did John Hughes think he needed to in order for this to happen? Like, how many things had to go wrong in 1990 for a kid to actually get left at home? You know. Like, <laughs> all right, how way way easier then than now? That's the thing. Yeah. Like, so it works. You know, you, it's, you it's, get the, I don't know. You get this sense of like, at least as a kid, and maybe that just translates to I love this movie so much as a kid that it's just going to carry over. But like, you get that feeling of like that could legitimately happen. Like, I understand how that happened for the parents. Like, you're bad parents, but I But the but thing about it, it they is... They have, like, 90 kids to keep up with. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. The thing about it is, it's funny, because um, Kevin never wants things that, oh, they just left me here. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, they meant to leave me here. He always thinks, I guess that's the naivety of a kid uh, yeah. showing through and that, but he always just thinks, I made my family disappear, you know? And then he regrets, like, he thinks it's his wish the whole time. That's funny. Um, they what do they do? They throw away the passports. They oversleep. They miscount. They do like twenty five things, and at the last minute, you know, they say, uh, the, the like phone guy is coming into the car. Hey, uh, your phone's not going to be working for the next few days. <laughs> you know, like that seemed like something that somebody brought up at the last yeah. minute. Like, Great hey, why don't to throw in? Yeah, yeah. like a plot hole that somebody discovered late in the process. Of, <laughs> uh, why don't? Why couldn't they just call him? When they got there and tell them, yeah. hey, we're going to be home soon. So they had to get the police to come over there and do that whole bit. And um, I mean, there's just, again, back in the day, so many things had to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a meme or something I saw where it says, like, Home Alone in 2016. And it's like Kevin texting his mom, hey, mom, you left me at home. <laughs> mom right. replies, oh, my God, we're so sorry. On our way. The end. Yeah. Like, that's the movie. Right. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's the beauty of technology, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, again, nonetheless, great movie, great movie. I mean, what's funny is um, the other part of it too, with the uh, the mysterious uh, 
guy who shovels the sidewalk, you know? Yeah. That's like kind a key of like, part it's a key, to the whole thing, it's, right? Because like, it makes it real. Because yeah. every neighborhood has one of those weird people that you're, there, there's all those stories about. So it just kind of ties in real well. Without that, Pet, it's just... In Pet's neighborhood, it's Kent. Right. Right. <laughs> it is. I'm the Bahumba guy of the neighborhood. <laughs> That's well known. My dark house during the holidays. We, <laughs> we, um, I mean, again, I mean, even more so as an adult, but that stuff really makes this movie great, you know? Uh, mm. That, and just kind of... The, you know, judging somebody for how they look or appear or without getting to know them. And then, you there know, are pigeons that, all over them. The scene that's so, <laughs> yeah, I'm one too. They do kind of repeat that, don't they? Um, but the scene with Kevin and, and that guy, I guess it's his neighbor, uh, in the church in, mm. in Home Alone, where he's talk the neighbors talk about his son who doesn't love him anymore, you know? Yeah. And, Kevin saying he just wants his family back and it's all set to the backdrop of that choir, you know? Um, I mean, it's so perfect. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a, a pretty touching perfect scene. Like, scene. Yeah. like yeah. yeah. Um, and it hit me again on that, this last rewatch, how, how well that works. Um, as a kid, you're just like, Oh, fast forward, you know, I want to see slingshots or whatever. Yeah. Um, but as an adult, you're like, man, that really works well and mm-hmm. makes the movie what it was so great. You know, um, you forget about it, but again, it's what, Kind of the glue that it's the icing on the cake, I guess. Mm-hmm. If sure. you will. Yeah. Um so without further ado, guys, let's talk about the booby traps because there are so many <laughs> to talk about. And <laughs> it's so fun to kinda oh, by the way, opening scene of Home Alone, one of the best scenes ever with the dinner and everybody running around and the pizza and just introducing all the characters. Before and the family we get the booby traps, the, uh can we talk about what a uh <laughs> Let's think about a good word here that was forceful but appropriate. Um, what yeah. a rap scallion <laughs> Frank is. Yeah, who's who's worse? This was going to be my question. Who yeah, or who's Uncle worse? Frank? What's the yeah, <laughs> Uncle Frank or Grandpa Joe? Who who's a worse person? <laughs> oh man, that That's is tough. tough. I think Uncle Frank. I because do too. Joe's I just hate selfish. Uncle Frank. Yeah, He's Uncle Frank selfish. is a jerk, man. Yeah, like, yeah. He, He's yeah. a nasty human. Yeah. I remember watching it as growing up as a kid, and my dad like, was like, if someone <laughs> – my dad was, a, was a, a bigger guy, not like a huge dude, but as a kid, he was, you know, seemed like a really huge, imposing figure. And he was like – I remember him very vividly saying, one of your uncles ever called you a little jerk, the police would have um and pull me off of them <laughs> like yeah. i would i would murder this guy like, oh my oh, gosh cool dad thanks like <laughs> it's just that first scene and everyone's it, kevin flashes back to it or whatever but he's like yeah. i made my family disappear <laughs> like all that they're all just berating him i mean like it, it in the first scene you're like man these are this is a horrible family <laughs> these are more <laughs> who treats their kid like that you know um yeah. but Again, that first scene, it, it really, I mean, screenwriting 101, you know what I mean? Like, it, Great. it yeah. is so, yeah. so good. Um, So, what's, the, other than that, uh, standout scenes in Home Alone 2 include, of course, Donald Trump has to give him directions. Like, this is all Trump's fault, guys. The reason Kevin <laughs> McAllister was even lost in New York was because of Trump, so that's... yeah. Make uh, America he put out some awful pretty passive aggressive tweets about Kevin McAllister's ability to navigate. <laughs> he York. did. Sad. Couldn't even find the lobby. <laughs> sad, really sad. Uh, 
Um, that's uh, how they use the um, uh, the Angels movie, Angels of Angels yeah. of Dirty Souls. Yeah. How they use yeah. that? Uh, they keep the change of filthy animal thing. How they cleverly use that in both movies is is I mean the, the bit works both times in my opinion. Tim Curry plays it great, and Schneider and yes. everybody and. I think that's, I wasn't smooching with anyone. Uh, yeah, I think that's better executed in Home Alone Two than Home Alone One by far. It's like they, yeah, it's like they the said, "Man, that, that was a really good idea," but in Home Alone we really didn't get it. Like we didn't really nail that concept of the TV playing and nobody realizing that it's the TV and thinking that it's real and everything. Um, that really worked in Home Alone Two. Like they got a second stab at it. Like uh, maybe a lot of these movies, especially sequels. Austin Powers comes to mind. Okay, we're just going to do some mostly the same bits as Austin Powers, <laughs> but to yeah. you know less effect. Yeah, the yeah, it's a pretty common spaceship bit. flying yeah. through the uh, through the sky and everybody you know making puns about uh, what it looks like <laughs> in Austin Powers. They do that in what every movie. Yeah, and, uh, they have a well, they really perfected it in Goldmember. So it gets worse That's every time, like though. I mean this bit in home alone gets you know the second time was the charm for them on this as far as this is concerned but stats a stand out for me uh the fao schwartz stuff i thought was or not fao schwartz uh i guess it is or it's a knockoff yeah, fao so. schwartz uh, i think that was a clever uh plot line for the second movie and it makes new york city seem even more magical than and mr duncan is. guy is like too good to be true though yeah, i don't I, trust him yeah um Okay. Things are turtle dub. Like, all right, leave this kid alone, all right? <laughs> Back off, weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, this is a solo kid alone in your store. You're just going to give him a <laughs> gift? Here we go in, I guess, chronological order in which they occurred for the booby trap. So we'll start with Home Alone 1 and go all the way to the end of Home Alone 2. And there are a lot of these. So here we go. First, Home Alone 1, Kevin attacks Harry and Marv with a BB gun. Harry's shot in the groin. Marv is shot in the forehead. First of all, okay, they're <laughs> right off the bat. They're they're using guns against you. I think we want more of this. I think this is something we want to look more into, and we definitely need more of this experience. So, I think I think uh, Marv actually says, "Like little kids armed," you know, and then they go, <laughs> yeah. "All right, let's get him," you know, <laughs> like what? Nine times out of ten, a robber would flee the scene. Any kind of weapon or uh, no, but they can't leave that house, with. man. That's can't, the silver that's, donut. That's, you gotta get in there. The they're not armed at all. Like they're <laughs> yeah, they have crowbars. that one like oily gun. Yeah. <laughs> in the second one, that's it. Gets more serious in the second movie. They're so, really out to kill him now. They're the way, like uh, they're like the original MacGruber. Like they, guns are for the weak. <laughs> they're like for the Batman. Stupid. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay. By the way, I found this list on Home Alone Wiki, which, of course, that exists. <laughs> of course, that exists. That's my uh, other arm tattoo. Yeah. Okay. After going their separate ways, they both encounter pre-ice steps. Harry slips and falls and uh, hits the front door, and they both uh, fall down the steps. Mary Mar makes his way to the basement, but is soon hit in the face with a heated iron. Uh-oh. Man. The old heated iron falling down the laundry chute <laughs> trick. Brutal. <laughs> Gosh, that's... That's right. It hurts without the heat. You know, yeah. that I like the that's what shows Kevin McAllister's genius is dropping an iron from someone's head on someone's head from that height is brutal. Right. Uh, yeah, it's like a but, five pound weight from fifteen yeah. or twenty feet. It up. says but, but thinking 
just going ahead and adding the insult to injury of a burn is is fantastic. It says <laughs> in the actual wiki, it says it leaves a massive iron shaped burn on his face. Parentheses: Death is likely in this scenario. <laughs> that really should have killed yeah. you. Like logistics say. Um, okay, after that, Harry is burned by a burning doorknob, and it leaves a letter M on his hand. <laughs> Marv loses his shoes and socks on a tar-covered basement staircase, and doesn't realize Kevin has left the nail there him to step on oh that one's Slowly. rough man yeah oh yeah and the, really come on chris columbus he had to zoom in on that couldn't let us do the math <laughs> oh and the nail goes in like an inch and a half before he realizes oh, it's so in rough. his foot yeah. and he's just like ah! it falls off the steps i'm sure some of these other injuries are are worse for your like your long-term health but sure in the moment that is always the one that gets me the most like oh that looks so terrible it sounds bad too it's like a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. It's pretty there's a randomly some violent. Really. It goes from just Ru- like Russ loves that part. <laughs> it it goes Mom, from yeah. like you said, uh race cars slipping, falling, laughing to <laughs> we're putting nails in your face or foot or whatever. Yeah, but I'm telling you, he like blows up the guy's head in the in the in the sequel. It's awesome. Speaking of the next booby trap is Harry's head gets burned by a blowtorch when he opens the back door. <laughs> How do you think of this as a kid, by the way? I don't, I don't this get kid, that. Yeah, they put him in like in charge of Guantanamo <laughs> or something. <laughs> next, Harry gets glue on his face and covered in feathers, dressing him like a chicken. Weakest one, but emotionally scarring. <laughs> exactly. That one doesn't hurt, but it, it does its damage your in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't come He's back from that. like a person, chicken, right? Yeah. That's a great. That's an underrated Daniel Stern line. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great line. Um, Marv. <laughs> Excuse me. Marv steps on Christmas ornaments barefoot. Ouch. That one, I like the, I like the holiday theme. That's where, you, that's where Kevin shows his genius. But, you know, in a point raised this evening by John Mashoda, how did Kevin know or expect him to come in barefoot through the back window? I mean, how would... Because of the tar. Oh, yeah, wow. the tar. Just, yeah, because he's, he's assuming that he's lost his shoes and socks somewhere along the line. In the he other... assumed that he lost his shoes in the basement and that he would come yeah, back yeah, out fair. and through the window. He's I mean, makes sense. the wet bandits aren't the smartest bandits. <laughs> They're not. If if they were, they would have come in through the window from the first place. I don't know. That, it, that's a it, little sketchy. And then you're like, okay, this doesn't work. I'm going to go through this window that's right here. Yeah. yeah if I was robbing are... a house and I'm like, oh my God, I was foiled by the ornaments. Can't do this anymore. That, you know, like that was the only <laughs> thing you encountered. The kid would be dead. That's uh, all the other yeah. stuff is pretty like if it happened to you, you would leave immediately. Other than that. <laughs> Little weak, weak sauce, Kevin. Step your game up. I think he heard about it. That's what the second movie had happened. Um, so after that, they do slip on Kevin's micro machines. Oh, um, remember those micro machines? Product placement. Yeah. They get hit in the face with paint cans going up the staircase. Maybe the most iconic, iconic. Uh, yeah, uh, movie trapper moment. And of a that great sequence. callback in the second one when they count them, and then he throws one more, the lead pipe. Right. Yes. Yes. 
That's two. Oh, right in the snot. Right in the snot. <laughs> <laughs> the fake thing. Yeah. That's three. <laughs> I think <laughs> that falls four. The the Very core good. bits are executed better in Home Alone Two. The, the like the all the filler is better in Home Alone One, I think. Um yes. okay. Home Alone One is definitely far superior, but I think people pretend like Home Alone Two sucks and that is not true. Right. I think people confuse Home Alone Two with Home Alone One, a lot of the stuff too. Like they've just kind of it's one movie, you know? Yeah. And they like they say like, Oh, it's a lot of the same stuff and it's like, Yeah. That's you know, you you go back to Whataburger to get a burger. They don't change the menu on you. Like it's delightful. <laughs> You're right. It's it's pretty much the same. That's that's right. cool, right? Yeah. And Trump is like adding the A one thick and hearty burger to the menu, right? Like that's <laughs> just tops it off. Yeah. How many future presidents does Home Alone One have? <laughs> well, Catherine O'Hara, but that's true. I mean, she, maybe more of a what do they have up there? <laughs> Prime, Prime Minister. Minister. Okay. Yeah. She'll replace Justin Trudeau. Next, Harry trips on a rope, lands on his back, but however, <laughs> Marv jumps over the rope yeah. and grabs Teamwork. Kevin's ankle. Yep. Yep. That's why we have That'll front line, boys. Kevin, however, <laughs> plants Buzz's pet tarantula on Marv's face, <laughs> making him scream like a girl. Yeah, that might be the worst one, if I'm being honest. As a spider phobe <laughs> And then yeah. insult to injury, he takes the... <laughs> Marv? Takes the... Crowbar. Marv flings the spider onto yeah. Harry, then tries that, to smash the spider yeah. with the crowbar. What's hilarious? That's an underrated feature. Yeah, point there is the way they interact with each other with Marv. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? What are you doing with the crowbar? What are you doing, Marv? What are you, what are you doing, Marv? <laughs> Just... Yeah. The yeah. the uh, underrated part of that, Brian, is when Harry gets up. He's like, "What the heck are you doing?" You know, and kind of hits Marv, and then like. Marv's kind of still looking for the spider, and then Marv like checks his own face, like, as if it's crawled back onto his <laughs> face. Like it's so subtle, and you 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 can barely notice it, but it's such a great little moment uh, for Stern again. Um, but yeah, that is probably the creepiest part of it. Um, is the tarantula on the face? That's kind of not necessarily booby trap, but definitely work nonetheless. So they climb across the rope to Kevin's treehouse after he zip lines there. And uh, they fall to the ground. He runs away, and uh, that's basically it uh, for Home Alone One. As far as the traps, well, are they concerned. take a shovel. They take a shovel to the face. The shovel to the but face. That's not right. from Kevin. Absolutely. Um, so we do have Richard. However, mm-hmm. we have we have sought out the uh, opinions of the the interwebs for this to find out the, the definitive ranking of the best booby traps in in the Home Alone series and Home Alone 1, and according to my Twitter, which I consider basically a good representation of mm-hmm. the general population. Your Twitter's uh, like the Library of Congress. We have ranked the best booby traps, the top four, and I will go read the results now. So tied, actually, last place, Tar and Feather. Fourth, yeah, but I think place. Brian makes a good point of what that does to your soul. Right. It embarrasses you. That's why I made the top four. I mean, even to make the top four is impressive. You know, you gotta... gotta, gotta we, be these more. are all champions. We're all winners here. So, tied per second is Paint Can Pendulum, 
and Iron to the Face. Where would you rank those? Iron to the Face or Paint Camp Pendulum, if you were going to pick? Um, I would say Iron to the Face. <laughs> you would prefer an Iron to the Face, or you would throw yeah. an Iron to the Face? Oh, I would, I would, I think that's a better one. I would prefer to take the Paint Camp Pendulum. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, and so you know. in a shocking turn of upset. events, yeah. upset, the winner in a landslide, Icy Steps slash Sticky oh. Steps. Never would have so, thought that that would have been considered the best booby trap, the simple act of water down the steps before you go in the house for the night. Um, yeah. What if I think Camp Pendulum would have won that ranking? Agreed, but I think none of those are my number one. But my number one comes from Home Alone 2. Because I like just the the ruthlessness of it. I have a Home Alone like... 2 ranking here as okay. well. Okay, okay. Uh, we I, first need to, get, we need to go over all the booby traps or Home Alone 2 first. Oh, okay. And I'll do that yeah. right now. Yeah, okay. First, Harry Marv slip and fall on pearls dropped in the street by Kevin as they're running down the street. Kevin buys pearls for a dollar or whatever, cuts them, mm-hmm. puts them on the ground. Yep. Harry comes crashing down on the roof of a parked car after jumping on a seesaw triggered by Mark. That's earlier in the movie. It's not in that sequence. And, being on that sequence, Marv gets hit in the head by four bricks, which Kevin throws from the roof. Yes. Marv, and it says in parentheses, Marv will be dead after the first blow. Yeah, that would kill you. So this is when they really ramp up. They get murderous. Yeah, and then it, it says in parentheses, Getting hit by a brick from that height would cause the breaking of the skull and brain trauma. Uh-huh. So that's what that's what happened. That's the first one, by the way. Um, yep. Next, Marv gets three staples stuck in his buttocks, groin, and nose from a staple gun on the other side of the door. <laughs> Ruthless. Harry tries to jump the up sound, a ladder. The sound engineering on that is fantastic. It is. Of the staple gun. It's the so fully good. work on that yeah. is... Oscar worthy. That um, tightening, it's yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. You just remember it so vividly. Yeah. I know. It's so painful sounding. <laughs> um okay. Um Harry tries to jump on a ladder which Kevin has made all slippery with jello. Or that soapy stuff that he bought yeah. at the uh toy yeah, store. Like, the toy it's chest. like the Nickelodeon gack or something, you know, kind of slime. Hurt. Yeah. Um also Mar falls through a hole in the basement. Wow, what a hole. And says here that he would die from severe internal and external injuries. So he's dead three times After already. After getting his skull cracked by the brick, he was he would already be dead by internal bleeding and yeah. broken bones of several in several places in his body by now. Uh, hey! Harry? I've reached the top. Reached the top. Um, hey, sorry. Goodness. There you are. Oh, we missed you. We're just talking. We're just we're just ranking the uh, Home Alone 2 uh, booby traps. And where we left off, Brian, is a bunch of tools fall on Harry's head when he opens the door. <laughs> the old bag of tools trick. Yeah. Less sophisticated than some of the other tricks, but That's what very I like. effective. Yeah. I like the brunt torture he puts them through with this. Yeah. A lot more yeah. brute in the second one. He's not going for cute this time around. No, he's not. Yeah, exactly. He's he's he's, he's running up the middle for seven yards every time. He's not going spread. 
Also, Marv slips on a puddle of soap, slips, falls on his back, slides on a big shelf of paint cans, which fall onto him, <laughs> covering him in paint. <laughs> oh. Poor guy, just had to break. Then Marv gets electrocuted <laughs> by a sink that Kevin connects to an arc uh, current. And then he briefly turns into a skeleton. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I love that, but a lot of people think that takes away from the realism of the universe, but I think it, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm all for the temporary skeleton. Like, yeah. The HACU. Yeah. yeah. Um, then Mar- Marv, um, or actually Harry, his head catches on fire from another blowtorch as he tries to turn on a light. Then he attempts to put it out in the toilet, unaware that Kevin has filled it with kerosene. The result is that his head is burned. Next. I mean, like, even that he survived that is is great, but he's definitely never going here again, right? Like, that's there's not a chance. No. Sure. Every follicle is completely destroyed. Way too destroyed. much trauma. Yeah. Marv gets hit by a 100-pound weight bag of concrete powder. <laughs> I want to know how he, how Kevin set that one up. That's a pretty difficult task. <laughs> yeah, you had to hire a crew for that, Kevin. Who are you kidding? <laughs> uh, Harry falls from a cut-up ladder. Again, the old, the old ladder trick by Kevin. Multiple ladder tricks by Kevin. Savvy with the uh, tables, ladders, and chairs there, a, isn't he? The heck of a brownstone in, in the Lower East Side there that those people live in. Oh, yeah. That he's, he does all this in. It's quite, it's quite the square footage. And apparently he knows the layout perfectly. Yeah, he's the family's loaded. This McAllister family is, yeah. is is like Scrooge McDuck rich. They were worth being robbed, honestly. Yeah. Good I'd, call on that part. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can make fun of Harry and Marv all you want, but their targeting gene is dead on. Right. And they leave their mm-hmm. kids behind everywhere. I mean, they deserve it's to be terrible robbed. Terrible parents. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just because of that. Also... Booby traps that Kevin leaves. Harry and Marv climb the stairs, avoiding paint cans, but they get hit by a pipe, which knocks them back through the hole of the basement. Kevin cuts the ropes, holding the pipe, which falls through the hole and smacks them in the heads. Uh-oh. Mm. Aww. Then, Harry and Marv both get crushed by a tool chest coming down the stairs. Also, that's a, that's a funny line when they're trying to listen to it and they don't know what it is and good gag good bit pretty funny heck of a gag Harry and Marv fall three stories when Kevin ignites <laughs> a rope that they were climbing down so the flaming rope trick as well finally Man. finally to save the day Harry and Marv get showered with bird seed by pigeon lady covered in pigeons and then <laughs> They vanish forever. We assume they're eaten by the pigeons. That's what happened. Like they just just devour their carcasses. And... So we never we never saw the uh, sticky pigeon bandits. Lady just, pigeon lady just like I got. We got this. We got this, guys. Get out of here. You know the drill. They'll never you want to know what Never find next. the body. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the acid in Breaking Bad. Don't even worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Just do what you did to that kid last week. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've already buried forty bodies in Central Park. Don't, don't worry about it. Be seen. Have an alibi. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. They're, they're, they're fine, Kevin. Uh, so we got to rank them, right? We have a rank them. And okay. coming in fourth place, disappointingly, in my opinion, tool chest coming down the stairs. Yeah, great. Great bit. Yeah. Fourth place. Third place, 
Rope of Fire. Uh huh. I would have thought tool chest coming down the stairs would have ranked higher than Rope of Fire, but there's That's some why we're not pros. people out yeah. here. <laughs> Second place, Electric Sink slash Skeleton. <laughs> and drumroll, please, the number one movie trap of Home Alone Two, according to Kent's Twitter followers. Thank you for voting. Hashtag do it for Dag is <laughs> bricks off the roof. Yes, good. Okay, I agree. Solid. Solid. Bricks off the roof is so classic because he pretends it's the camera and they fall for it repeated times, and it's just so gruesome. Now they're only hitting Marv too. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> just, it's great at every every bit, and it would just crush. Like we can't I discuss would crush your skull instantly on the first one, but he takes three more. All right. It's, that's a lot of Home Alone talk. And one more side note. How did he disassemble all the booby traps so fast before his family got home? For Like, wouldn't they immediately get blowtorch to the face? If they, hey, Kevin, we're back. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would have been just, great. Yeah. It should have gotten Uncle Frank. <laughs> one, left of a fr- one criticism of the film is that he accidentally leaves something out and Uncle Frank. Kevin just... should have said at the end, you're right. He should have said, I'm just lucky the robbers came. That was all for Uncle Frank. Yeah, <laughs> I was just trying to kill all my whole family when they came home from Paris for leaving yeah. me at who's home. A little, who's a little jerk now, Tool? Yeah, yeah. And Uncle Frank can't say anything to the kid because everyone loves him because they left him home and he just <laughs> sit there stuck with a nail. Now's in not his the foot. time, Frank. <laughs> also, yeah. Under- so it's a little nail on your foot. God, the kid was home alone for a week. <laughs> he bought now his own a- grocery. Yeah, <laughs> and a toothbrush. Another underrated bit is the uh, the car that hits the statue coming into the driveway every time. I think that's a that's a John Hughesian kind of gag there. Okay, so I think we should hit grades. By the way, one more side note: Talkboy tape recorder, coolest thing ever. I still have one on my shelf, and I'm looking at uh, it right now. Jealous. Got it, got it when that movie it. came out, and have had it, and it's now a piece I of my. One collection uh memorabilia a lot of people don't know stuff, we record but... this episode every week on talk boys that's what we use <laughs> we do I've, a lot I've... of you email us all the time and say how do you guys record how do you do it remote blah blah blah, blah. it's talk boys just figure it out you get three talk boys in your set oh yeah it, it just splices the tapes together and it works out yeah good i re- recorded gangsta's paradise about 50 times on that thing when i was <laughs> that was the only way to record stuff back then off the radio Good times. Thank, thank you, Talk Boy. Okay, so grades for Home Alone slash Home Alone Two. I'm gonna go A for both of them. All right, I'll go A two plus, A's. A plus for one and A for two. Okay, right. I will go A plus 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 for Home Alone, and also I'm lodging a complaint, my annual complaint against Rotten Tomatoes for Home Alone being rotten. That's absurd. Uh, wow! Everyone, even Roger Ebert, was not immune to. <laughs> uh, I just like I'm, I'm furious about it. Every year makes me angry. A plus for Home Alone. I haven't seen Home Alone two in years and years and years, so oh. I will say A minus. A minus. Highly recommend. Maybe bust that out this year, Brian. I will. I think I will this year. It, right it after holds I up pretty well. Yeah, you should just because Coop's I, gonna want more, and you'll be like, guess what? There is more. <laughs> you're lucky, kid. And your uh, and your and your president yeah. is in it. Oh, right. you're welcome. Right. We use the, the machete met- method for uh, the Home Alone <laughs> franchise. We go one, <laughs> four, three, then two to finish it off. Got it. Cool. <laughs> and, then, and then just the room. 
perfect. Or room, whatever that one was last year. Uh, the biggest downfall cool. of Home Alone, though, if I'm going to complain, is that it, it goes total Home Alone in the third act, like with all the booby traps and like all this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> like that was, a, that was a complaint we had <laughs> in like 10 movies. Skyfall. Yeah. Skyfall, yeah, yeah to be honest, that was one of them. Oh, it just goes total Home Alone at the end. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, okay. So, good talk. And uh, let's move on. And uh, hit a weekly recommend, guys. Weekly recommends. Okay. So Home Alone, kind of a family film. And I'm going to recommend one, another one, this evening. Um, just got around, guys. Didn't get an episode. Um, didn't get time to carve out an episode for it. But just got around to seeing Peach Dragon, the remake. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, incredible. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, like, top five for sure for me so far. Like, that, it's yeah. that good. Like, uh, it might even be number one of the year for me. Like, it's, that, it's like, I'm blown away at how good it was on every level. The cast, the acting, the effects, the way it was shot, the direction. I mean... Who is this director? Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. You know? Like, how does Disney... I, I mean, I know how Disney does it. They're Disney. But how do they... How are they like, yeah, we're going to do uh, Peach Dragon, and David Lowry's going to be the guy that does it, and right. it's going to be incredible. Uh, I mean, it didn't... I mean, it's a risk. I didn't, you know, Peach Dragon wasn't a big movie, the first one. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's Disney, so it's big, but not huge, not a tentpole. And... uh I mean, it just, I guess it takes one guy's vision to pull this off, but I mean, I was just floored. I mean, maybe the most well-shot movie of the year. If not, actually, I'm going to say it here. It's the most well-shot movie of the year. Um, maybe the best. I mean, it's just great. Um, mm. For what it, for what you're expecting, for what it could have been, and for what it is, I mean, it's a, it's a huge success in my book. So, Peach Dragon, check it out, and i um, excited. Excited about. It. I love it. I'm so glad love I watched it. it. It's one that I could have easily like seen two years from now, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'm glad I I saw it in time to finally finalize my end of the year list. Totally. So, I'm glad that. you saw it. I love that movie. That's top five, top ten of the year for me easily. And I, nobody saw it. Didn't make any money, and that's a bummer. Uh, you know, because Disney really needed the money. But uh, great. I I loved it. Kid loved it. Uh, we had a we had a great time watching it, and I'm I'm excited to watch it yeah. soon. Man. And David Lowry went to high school in Irving, Texas. So well, we can man, represent. He, that makes means he's awesome. He's making the new Peter Pan, isn't he? Isn't he? Yes, uh... he is. He's attached to that. So that's cool. Let's. This is our last chance, guys. This is your last chance to do a Peter Pan movie. We got to get it right, or or we got to retire it. For here's an idea, though. Cold plays clocks in the trailer. <laughs> Think here, hear me out. Before I get two, two different before I begin. Okay, it'll be a really slow down acapella version of that, though. (laughs) Yeah, with Ken singing it, though, a jazzy version. He does have a big movie coming out, though, with uh, Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck next year. So maybe that'll be Mm. a smaller, I think, adult film. Not that like that, but. Movie for hopefully Peach Dragon <laughs> and an adult film <laughs> starring Casey Affleck. It's weird. 
Yeah, honey, I got, I got the new movie from the guy who did Pete's Dragon. <laughs> He'll love it. Whoa. whoa. Uh, my head is just full of Pete's Dragon's puns right now, none of which I'll make. Lars but von Trier's like, Pete Dragon. <laughs> there you go, Ken. That was better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Pete. What? Um, nothing. <laughs> Gasper knows Pete's Dragon. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, huge recommend for me. Pete's Dragon, check it out. That's mine. Brian, what's yours? I'm going to recommend a movie that I watched uh, last week. I think it is available on Amazon if you have the old uh, Amazon Prime. It's called Elvis and Nixon. It is about the uh, was it, 1970 meeting between Richard Nixon and Elvis Presley. In the White House, uh, which is a very famous picture from it. And uh, it's got Michael Shannon and Kevin Spacey. Michael Shannon is Elvis. Kevin Spacey is Nixon. Uh, just kind of ta- goes into the the lead up to what led to that uh, that meeting. And then kind of has, a, I think, a fairly apocryphal look at what actually happened when they met each other. Uh, but it's really interesting. It's, it's not like a, this is not going to win any Oscars or anything. But both of the actors are doing really interesting work. I think Spacey's doing a full-on Nixon impression, um, which is cool what? and pretty That's good job. Kevin Spacey, yeah. I know. Yeah, uh, which is interesting. Whereas Michael Shannon, I, I I don't know exactly what he would call it, as much as just like, well, I'm just gonna play Elvis, and this is how I play Elvis, and it's it's kind of cool. It doesn't. I don't know that it would necessarily hold up as a great Elvis impersonation, but it, it works really well as a, from a performance standpoint. And it's really cool. interesting. To I see want to see that. Oh. Together. I, yeah. I think, I think you guys would like it. Um, it's, it's like an hour and a half long. It's a pretty easy watch and uh, has some, has some funny moments. And so it worked for me. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So check that out. Cool. If you're into that sort of thing, Elvis and Nixon. Richard. Yeah, I just finished a book uh, today that I really enjoyed. Uh, it's uh, The Daily Show, the book. It's an oral history of The Daily Show. And uh, it's really interesting. I'm not like a Daily Show super fan or anything. I loved it in 2000. I kind of happened upon it. Um, I was like in seventh grade and like uh, Colbert and Carell were the correspondents and no one knew who they were. And they just like blew up both political conventions and it was fantastic. Um, and then I, I mean, I stuck with The Daily Show. But, you know, in the last probably 10 years, I've probably seen, you know, 40 episodes. Like, I, you know, I watch a few a year and always enjoy it, but not a daily thing. So, but it was really cool. It's a really long, like, thorough look. Um, uh, I actually audibled it, uh, and it was like 17 hours. Uh, so it's like a really mm-hmm. thorough uh, look at the it's, – it's about, like, you know, the um, Life from New York or, uh, or the ESPN uh, uh, oral histories. Uh, but yeah, it's great, and it there's so much talent has gone through there, both in front and behind the camera, and you you really appreciate it as as probably second to only SNL in terms of like a talent generator, and you realize, uh, you know whether you uh, agree with John Stewart politically or what, you realize kind of what an important uh, kind of boss and and the what he brought to late night TV, his fingerprints are kind of everywhere. Uh, it's just a really interesting book. I, I I thought it was thought it was great, and they have incredible act. Everyone that could, I mean from from Stewart and Colbert and Carell and John Oliver and to, you know, John McCain and David Remnick. And I mean, everyone is interviewed in this book and they have really, really great access and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. So I highly recommend the daily show, the book, uh, which is out now. I think it came out last month. Awesome. Sweet. Okay. 
Good stuff, guys. Oh, and if you audible it, it's not any of the people that are those people, but they it kind of did a weird thing where they kind of all do impressions. Like the guy that's John Stewart sounds like John Stewart, and it works. Oh, that's cool. So at least they do that. You kind of forget it's not them. Interesting. Cool. Daily Show. Check it out. Okay. Where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12, and you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. I've got several things that will be up on the website in the coming weeks. And, and as always, you should, uh, should, should, should subscribe to the newsletter as well. Uh, Richard, where can we find you? You can find me at DermotMulroney.com or at Dylan McDermott on Twitter. Kent, where can I find you? Find me at David Duchovny on Twitter <laughs> or at DylanMcDermott.com. Those are none of the same places, believe it or not, that we just mentioned. Um, find us on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find me on there at on, or on Twitter at MAM underscore podcast for the show. Find us on iTunes. Leave us five stars. We really appreciate it when you do that. Yeah. I'm going to read some of those things. Tell your friends about the show. Help them subscribe and get on board and go see these movies together and have a good old rocking time. Continue the conversation off the air with us via email. We appreciate that. And next week we will be talking, I believe, Office Christmas Party, as well as some more Christmas throwbacks, which will be coming your way soon. La La Land is coming up the week after, as well as Rogue One. So a lot to look forward to. But until then, we'll see you at the cinema. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face they're making me ya-ya, the salad is there.